Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Today's show is dedicated to speculators interested in what may be one of the best value propositions in the natural resource space, black gold. And I'm not referring to oil, but rather graphite. That's correct, graphite. Our featured issuer is establishing itself to become one of the world's leading graphite producers I'm speaking of DNI metals, trading on the CSE symbol DNI and on the OTC symbol DMNKF. Joining us today is the executive chairman for DNI metals, Mr. Dan Weir. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Thank you, Maurice. Before we begin today's discussion, I have to give credit where credit is due. We want to thank Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321 Gold and 321 Energy for making us aware of the value proposition of DNI Metals. Mr. Weir, for the first time listener, please share the value proposition before us with Graphite, beginning with the supply and demand fundamentals. So most people don't realize that a lithium ion battery, uh, the biggest input into it is not lithium. In fact, if you listen to what uh, Mr. Tesla uh, has said, Elon Musk, uh, that uh, he uses the term a lithium-ion battery is really a graphite-nickel battery. Uh, the lithium in there is like putting salt on a salad, uh, the salt being the lithium. So as we develop and, and are using more and more lithium-ion batteries, uh, the growth rate is exploding uh, for graphite. Um, again, it's the second largest input in a battery besides the actual the, the plastic casing of, of a battery. Currently, uh, the market for graphite, 50% uh, of the world's graphite goes into what we call the refractory business, which is the steel making industry. Uh, batteries only currently account for about 20% of the world's demand for graphite. Um, every statistic that I've seen out here shows that uh, graphite will go from 20% up to about 40% of the world's demand um, or usage and um, that's a big increase. That'll knock back the refractory business or steel making business back to about 20% uh, and you can see that there's a huge demand that's uh, coming out here. You know, now that we have a better understanding of the supply and demand fundamentals of graphite, please provide us with a company overview of DNI Metals. DNI Metals is a company uh, that that was exploring for all sorts of different minerals over the last uh, 30 years. Uh, I came in and took over the company in 2014, myself and my team, uh, to focus the company on, uh, on uh, graphite. We also own a gold royalty on a project uh, that we had developed in Utah. It was sold in 2008. Um, it's, it's a very small royalty, but it's nice to get paid a little bit off of that. Uh, we also had a nickel deposit. The company was originally formed as a, as a nickel play. Um, there's a very large deposit in Quebec that the company had drilled off. Uh, we have no interest in that anymore. It's owned by another company currently. And again, before we took over in 2014, the previous management had been focusing on a very large rare earth and polymetallic deposit up in Alberta, Canada. So it's right beside 
Fort McMurray, which is where you have all the oil sands uh, players. Um, so we now are focusing 100% on graphite, not only the development of a graphite project and becoming a miner, but also a graphite wholesale business. And I think we can get into some more details on that later. Absolutely. Now, DNI Metals is domiciled in Canada, but your flagship project is in Madagascar. What makes this project so unique? And also, please provide us with the name of it. Yes, it's called the Voitsera Graphite Project in Madagascar. And I'll let you in on a, a little uh, uh, um, secret that we have. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're looking at buying a couple other projects, mat, uh, graphite projects in Madagascar as well. It's part of the reason why we're raising uh, some money out here. But to answer your question, why Madagascar? Why have we gone to Madagascar? Well, they have been producing graphite in Madagascar for 100 years. Again, I'm, one of your earlier questions asked about uh, the market for graphite. China controls about 65% of the world's graphite market. In 2014, when we came in, we decided, we said, listen, where else is graphite actually produced in the world that can compete directly with China? Our team had built in the 1980s three graphite processing plants in Ontario and Quebec here in Canada. Um, but by the 1990s, when the Chinese came in and flooded the market, uh, pretty much all the graphite projects in Canada all went bankrupt. In, in fact, there's only one small mine that's currently in Quebec, and it's running out of ore. Uh, they say it'll run out in the next two or three years. So realistically, there's no real graphite production in North America currently. It's because in North America, we have what you call hard rock or granite is, is really what you have. You're trying to trying to mine in that. So what it takes is, is you have to go and you have to drill it, you have to put explosives in and blast it, then you have to grind the material up really, really fine in order to um, produce the graphite. When you go to climates that are hot and get a lot of rainfall, you have a weathering effect of the material. So that hard rock was at one point in time weathered uh, over thousands of years. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's this weathering effect that makes the cost of production very, very cheap. So in Madagascar, again, a hot climate, um, they've been producing there for 100 years. Um, we're very, very lucky um, that in Madagascar, you have a lot of large mining companies. Rio Tinto, uh, one of the largest mining companies, has a big titanium project in the south of the, of the uh, um, sorry, southern part of the country. We have um, uh, Sumitomo, which is one of the largest trading Japanese trading houses. You've got Kores, which is the national mining company of Korea, and Sherit, um, which is a Canadian company that produced nickel and cobalt in the country, in and around our project, actually. And they produce what, from what you call a nickel laterite. A laterite, again, is just a fancy word for saying um, weathered material. In the graphite space, we call it a saprolite. Um, I'm not a geologist, so if I'm offending any geologists out here, <laughs> laterites and saprolite is basically the same type of terminology. I'm sure geologists would correct me in, in what I'm saying, but again, really, in, in real uh, plain English, all it means is it's weathered rock. And the rock tends to be anywhere from about 30 meters to about 100 meters thick. Uh, for everybody in uh, the United States, that's about 100 feet to 300 feet uh, deep. 
You can go in with an excavator um, or a shovel and simply dig it up um, and process it. There's no need for the uh, drilling and blasting. There's no need for the crushing and grinding that you have um, um, in other parts of the world, specifically North America. So that gives us a huge advantage. Um, the other advantage, as I mentioned, because you've got all these other large mining companies who have spent well over $9 billion in Madagascar in the last 10 years, and the fact that Madagascar, not one mining claim has ever been taken away from a mining company, we think that it's got some of the best mining laws uh, in anywhere in the world. And we um, are very excited about working in Madagascar. I've been there many, many times. Uh, the other advantage we have is our project is fully permitted. So as we develop it, we have all the permits that we need in place that we could put this thing into production. So again, another huge, huge advantage that we have. Very interesting. You know, so shareholders of DNI Metals already have the added benefit of lower capital expenditures and operating costs because of your location and your ability to extract at near surface. That is fantastic. <laughs> Dan, give us a, a compare and contrast on how your capital expenditures are com in Madagascar competing or versus, I, I would say, uh, other competing graphite producers. So when you're in the hard rock, you have got to spend all the money on all that crushing and grinding circuits. And, and what some people don't understand is, is that it's actually called a circuit because you have to go through various um, grinding as you move along. You can't take a big rock and make it right into a fine rock right away. You've got to take a big rock, make it to a mid, mid, middle-sized rock, and then take the middle-sized rock to a smaller rock and then to a smaller rock. So there's a whole bunch of stages in doing that. Uh, that is very, very expensive. And that can be up to like 40% of the cost of building a processing plant. So you can see where we don't need any of that, our capital requirements are gonna be far less. The other great thing is, is that um, most of the companies uh, that are in the hard rock their economics don't work um, at small amounts of graphite. So they're, they're all talking about building 50 to 70,000 ton a year type plants. Our goal is to start out about 10,000 ton a year plant and build up from there um, using a bunch of our cash flow to eventually get it up to 50,000 tons. So whereas most of the other guys all have uh, CapExes somewhere around well over $100 million, Ours will be somewhere around ten to fifteen million dollars to start, um, which which is you know really really cheap compared to the hard rock deposits. Now let's let that sink in for a moment uh, for our audience. Ten to fifteen million—that's de minimis. I mean, that's uh, uh, quite impressive, I must say, sir. Now realizing that this is a forward-looking statement, uh, do you have a range on the all-in sustaining costs? Yeah. When you're in this saprolytic type material, we should have, if we base it on around 10,000 tons a year, if we're basing it at 50,000 tons a year, you get some economics of scale. Um, but at around 10,000 tons a year, our range will be somewhere between 300 and $350 US in mining costs. Sustaining costs will be about $50 a ton, so you're looking at about $400 a ton. Shipping costs from Madagascar even to the United States or India or Korea, uh, Japan, you're looking at about $100 a ton. So I can have it shipped to North America or to Korea and India for about $500 a ton. That's going to be my cost. I should be able to sell that 
for on an average price. Remember, graphite is not graphite. Um, the graphite prices range anywhere from about $750 a ton to up to $2,000 a ton. And I'm going to give you an analogy because this, this is probably the best analogy for you. If you look at a diamond mine, you're going to have small diamonds and you're going to have large diamonds. Same thing in a graphite mine. You're going to have small flake graphite and you're going to have large flake graphite. And even in a diamond mine, a large diamond is not the same is is not a large diamond, right? I mean, they can be all different colors. They can have all different types of fractures. Same thing with large flake graphite. You can have different carbon contents or percentages of purity that come out of those. So. We have all sorts of different ranges. Our average selling price should be somewhere between $1,000 and $1,200 a ton. So you can see here where we can be very profitable. North American producers, most of them are around six or $700 US a ton. But remember, they're basing it on 50,000 tons a year. If they tried to produce just 10,000 tons a year, their costs are going to be well over $1,000 a ton. So they're not, they're not making any profit at 10,000 tons a year, um, whereas we can make probably 50% margins at $1,000 a ton a year. So that's the huge difference in the opportunity that we present to people. Now, Dan, you mentioned something there. Uh, you mentioned shipping. What can you share with us regarding the infrastructure? <laughs> There's another huge advantage we have. Uh, our project is 50 kilometers from a port. Um, I mentioned that there's a big nickel deposit um, very close to us. Sumitomo, Sherritt, and Corez spent a billion dollars redoing the port. So we're 50 kilometers from that port. Um, there's a paved highway that runs right through our project. So it only takes 45 minutes to, to get to the project. Um, the other advantage we have is at the port, there's a Caterpillar dealership. Um, there's also uh, uh, machine shops, welding shops, anything you can think of is at that port city and again uh, I emphasize this we are 50 kilometers to the port on a paved highway sounds phenomenal let me ask you this as well are there any reverse reversionary interests I'm sorry on this property um, no there is not um, we uh, we own it a hundred percent we have done a deal with an Australian group that can earn into the property and, and do you want me to discuss that now, uh, Maurice, or do, do we want to uh, address that a little bit later? Uh, we can address it now, sure. Okay, so in 2015, um, nobody cared about the mining industry, to say the least. And, and that's basically when we started. As I mentioned, I joined the company in 2014. We bought the project in 2015. We then went and started developing it, where we did a bunch of trenching. Remember, all of our graphite is, is at surface. Um, which again is a, another huge advantage um, and we did geophysics over the property and it came back phenomenal but again trying to raise 1.5 million dollars in 2015 to develop a project just wasn't gonna happen like there was no way no how so I said to my board of directors that if I can't raise the money I'm gonna go out and find a partner that can come in and do it for us so I jumped on an airplane and went to Australia, um, met with a lot of different Australian groups, signed four different confidentiality agreements uh, uh, with different people in Australia. We found a, a partner, a partner that um, has $1.1 million cash in the bank. They own eight drill rigs. Um, they've drilled off 
saprolytic, again, weathered material type deposits in Brazil in the graphite space. And um, one, a couple other guys on their board, one guy owns a metallurgical lab in Perth, Australia, and then another guy owns a consulting company that does uh, signs off on 43101 type resource reports. So it, he, they're a great partner uh, to come into this. They have to do all the drilling and complete a resource study by June 30th of this year. Um, they had to pay us $500,000 cash, of which they paid us $300,000 so far. Their next payment is June the 7th. They have to pay us $150,000 US, which is $200,000 Canadian. And um, they have to complete a PEA, which is a preliminary economic assessment, by October 31st. Um, they have to do all of that to earn 50% of the project. Um, if they don't complete all of that on those timelines, um, uh, they don't earn into any of the project whatsoever. So it, it, it's a great deal for DNI. and um, It allows us to move forward uh, with our plans. Now, Dan, it's one thing to have the latent material in the ground. It's another to get it out of the ground for profit. So DNI Metals, they found a successful formula that will make them one of the leading graphite producers in the world using this three-pronged approach, which is exploration, distribution, and refinement. Can you expand on this narrative for us? Yeah, and and actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer those in one second. The other key thing that people forget about the graphite space is that um, graphite, you don't sell it like you sell gold or silver um, or any of the other base metals. There's not a, a, an exchange uh, that where you can just go in and sell the material. It's all one-off type contracts with individual customers. And remember, as I mentioned, we're going to have hundreds of different types of material that we're going to sell, all based on flake size, on the purity or the carbon content of it. And each client will require, will have different needs. In fact, we've talked to lots of different battery factors manufacturers in the world and every lithium battery manufacturer is asking for different types of materials as well so um, you have got to build out a sales force and actually be able to sell the material so we <laughs> we're very unique we actually started a wholesale business where we've been buying graphite in Brazil Brazil produces from a saprolytic type material as well so we've been buying material in Brazil and shipping it to North America to build out a wholesale business. What that does for us is build out all sorts of clientele. You can go back and look at some of our press releases. Um, we press released that we've got uh, purchase orders this year for 2,320 tons. Uh, last year we shipped 150 tons into North America and so far this year we've shipped already 20 tons. Uh, but between July and December I've got another uh, 2,320 tons to sell. That's about $2.4 million worth US, uh, that is, US uh, worth of graphite. Um, DNI will make approximately 7 to 10% margins on that. So you can see where we're actually going to make some money off the business as well. But most importantly, and I really emphasize this, is that we build clientele. I know how to ship the material. I can tell you exactly what the cost is going to be. I've dealt with all the different shipping companies. We've dealt with U.S. Customs. We are registered with U.S. Customs, so I can ship material into the United States. I can ship material all over the world because we actually know how to do it. So we're going to have revenue and some sales and know how to do this. So 
as you said, three-pronged approach. Exploration, which we have our partner, and they're looking after all of that. DNI will look after all the sales and the distribution of it, which we've already built up expertise in doing that. And the refinement part. So graphite, if it's going into a lithium-ion battery, at a mine site, you can get the purity up to about 97, 98%. Okay? But to get it to 99 or 99.9%, .9%, you're going to have to 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 refine it. Um, you know, whether you do that in Madagascar or whether we do that in Korea or North America, we currently have some partners in North America that we are working with that we can get all of that done. Um, we'd like to set up some partnerships in Korea and India to do uh, very similar things. But as of right now, we do have partnerships in the United States where we can get that all done as well. You know, it just sounds like you have a turnkey product here. Well, we're trying. <laughs> well, Dan, what is the next unknown for DNI metals that needs to be answered? The next unknown. So, as I mentioned, um, drilling started. We put a press release out last week where we've started the drilling. Um, I'm very, very confident that we have, uh, um, and, and I'll uh, you put it in quotes. A significant amount of graphite on our project remember we've done all the trenching we've done all of the geophysics over it and it's all at surface um, we have to drill it the drill holes will go down to a maximum of about 50 meters we might drill a few holes just to see how far the saprolytic material goes down but most of the holes are going to be kind of 30 to 50 meters we have got to complete that resource study as I mentioned Cougar is obligated to finish it by the end of June um, you know, if Cougar's doing a great job and needs a little bit of extra time, um, we will likely give it to them considering that they just started the drilling last week. Making the June 30th uh, deadline is going to be very difficult. So I think realistically you're going to see July or August when you see that resource report out. Um, I feel very confident that we'll have a lot of graphite. Um, but again, there is the risk that we don't have as much graphite as what we think there is there. But I think that realistically is very, very low. And for our audience here, can you share with us what is the measurement for success once we have all these results in? So what I'd like to see is we have somewhere around uh, 9 to 12 million tons of graphite grading somewhere around 6 or 7%. That'll give us somewhere in the range of 750,000 to a million tons of graphite. Remember, if we're going to start producing at 10,000 tons a year, there's 100 years of mine life. You know, if we if we are going to produce at 50,000 tons a year, there's 20 years of mine life. And and just one note that we know the main zone, and we have found a couple extra zones in in the last little while. Uh, in fact. We found a couple extra little zones as we've been putting the road in to make the drill pads as the bulldozer kind of dug down a few feet in the ground. Um, that that the main zone is over three kilometers long. We're only going to focus on 1,000 meters or one kilometer of it to start with. That's what we're going to drill and do the resource on. There's still going to be two other kilometers, one kilometer in either either direction, that we're not even going to to focus on. Plus, we've got a lot of other zones, so we still believe that there's going to be a lot of upside on this uh, on this project, and you know that we'll have 
many, many, many years of, of resource on this project. Whether you're talking 10,000 tons a year or 50,000 tons a year, we'll, we'll have you know 20 plus years of, of mine life. And with that being said, the end game here for DNI is it to um, go into commercial scale production or sell the project? So I believe um, my focus for the company is to, to, to grow it and actually put it in production and, and build a company. Uh, we have the team of guys that have built processing plants. One of our directors operated a graphite mine. So we actually have the people in place now uh, that can actually execute on all of that. So our ultimate goal is to build this company up uh, and be a force in the world in the graphite space. Switching gears, let's talk about the most important asset, the people. What can you tell us about the board of directors? So, um, as I mentioned, uh, the, the one board member is a mining engineer. Uh, he is currently the COO of one gold company, sits on the board of a couple other gold companies as well, uh, and operated a uh, graphite mine in Canada. He is um, uh, Canadian. He's married to a South African. He had done a lot of work in the mining industry in South Africa and has been to Madagascar uh, uh, as well many times too. Um, the other guys on our board, um, one gentleman uh, named Ray Mitchell actually started CEDAR. So if anybody needs any information about any company, any public company in Canada, uh, you can go to CEDAR and pull up all that information. So, um, and he's a uh, charter accountant. He, he's an amazing man. Um, uh, the other two gentlemen, uh, one of them was CFO of a uh, lithium battery manufacturer for 12 years here in Canada. Um, the other gentleman, uh, Dr. Ravi Gopal, is a uh, PhD and he's a controls expert. Um, he's an engineer. Um, he started and, and, and helped found a, a fuel cell company called uh, Hydrogenics. Um, uh, the other thing people don't realize is that fuel cells, all the plates in the fuel cells are also made out of graphite. So in the fuel cell world, it needs a significant amount of graphite as well. He also worked uh, with the, uh, the gentleman that was CFO of the uh, battery manufacturer, lithium battery manufacturer named Paul Hart. He also worked there and that's how they know each other. So here we have a team of people. Um, I myself worked in the financial industry for a long time. I worked on Bay Street slash Wall Street for uh, 20 years. Um, have a lot of experience in in financing mining companies. In fact, that was my focus when, when I did this. I've raised hundreds of millions of dollars for, for different mining companies. I love the mining industry and I've always wanted to build a company and, and bringing the right team together gave me this opportunity. Um, in fact, um, one gentleman that's not on the board but he's an advisor to the company, he's built 200 sorry, engineered, designed, and built 200 processing plants around the world. Everything from gold to titanium to anything you can imagine, including three graphite mines in uh, Canada. So we have the expertise and the know-how how to do all of this. Now, what can you share with us about the technical team? 
Uh, again, I, I, I kind of highlighted a lot of the technical team there. Um, uh, the only one that I can really add to is we've got a country manager in Madagascar. He's a geologist. Uh, he's lived in Madagascar for nine years. Uh, he's Canadian, uh, but he really knows and understands Madagascar. When you're working in another country, you have got to have a team of people. And we have a whole team of people in Madagascar led by our country manager, um, he does a fantastic job. We have logistics people. We have anybody you can imagine um, in Madagascar that you need to do to get um, a project completed. Let's discuss some numbers. How much cash and cash equivalents do you have? Right now, we do not uh, have a lot of cash in, in the bank. In fact, it's, it's almost insignificant how much cash we actually have. Um, I mentioned that in 2015 is when we started this. Um, 2015 and last year, we were able to raise um, about a million dollars in the last two years. Um, and we've done a lot of work, you know, buying properties and developing properties and everything else. Um, and uh, so we do not have a lot of cash left in the bank here right now. We announced that we're doing a $2.5 million financing. We'll be closing on a significant portion of that this week um, coming up. Uh, and then by the end of May, we should close off the balance of that. So we've already announced the financing. Um, we're well into it. Um, and so that's going to change very quickly here. And I believe that ends on, is that Thursday, am I not mistaken? Yes. The first uh, tranche of the private placement, it, we're going to close uh, this Thursday, which I believe is March the 4th. Or sorry, May the 4th. May the 4th. Now, how much debt do you have? There's no real official debt in, in the company. Uh, there are a few of us that are owed uh, um, some outstanding bills. So, for instance, we owe um, our lawyer uh, is owed some uh, uh, some some bills. Uh, that equates up to about uh, seven hundred thousand dollars. Now, a bunch of that um, uh, with about uh, $350,000 cash, we'll get rid of all of that because a number of people will just take uh, take it in shares. In fact, I have not taken a paycheck out of the company uh, in uh, almost two years now. So, uh, And I'm willing to uh, take my wages in shares. Most impressive. I, I must commend you on that. <laughs> well, thank you. Don't tell my wife that, okay? <laughs> How, uh, tell us about your burn rate, if you will. Yeah, uh, we only, uh, now, again, depending on, on what you're doing in a exploration company, costs us about $30,000 a month, uh, which is very, very cheap, um, uh, uh, if you consider that, um, between myself, the CFO and the and the um, country manager in Madagascar. We're really the only three paid people in the company. And then when you add in audits and, and annual meetings and and lawyer bills and everything else um, uh, and, and and fees to be listed and stuff, um, it we have probably one of the lowest cash burns I think out there. Now, what can you share with us about the stock? So we currently have about 40 million shares outstanding. It's, you know, every CEO is going to say that their company is undervalued. Our stock is trading here right now around six and a half cents. Uh, that's what we're doing the financing at. Um, the, um, and that puts us at what? About a $2.8 million market cap. 
If you look at a lot of the other graphite players out there, um, they a lot of their market caps are around $25 million. Um, as we do the drilling and develop the project, um, I think you're going to see here very quickly, and as people catch on to our story, um, that the market cap is going to change. And I can really see before the end of the year us having a much larger market cap. I know what your next question is going to be. Well, Dan, what do you think the market cap is going to be? Well, let's just look at you know some of our competitors out there in the graphite space. Most of them all have $25 million market caps um, and can be upwards of $150 million market caps. Again, I'm not promising that we're going to be anywhere close to that, but let's say that DNI can just get to a, tw uh, a uh, $25 million market cap. And even with the current dilution on the current financing, that'd put us up where somewhere around a 25 to 30 cent stock. Most impressive again, who are the major shareholders? I'm the largest shareholder. I own over 5%. Um, if you look at the board and advisors of the company, um, we're upwards of 25% of the company. Um, if you add family and friends, you're probably around 40% of the company. The company's been around for 30 odd years, I think 35 years. Um, there's over 5,000 shareholders in the company. Remember, we only have 40 million shares outstanding and we have like 5,000 shareholders. So there's been a lot of people that have owned this company for a long time. So there's no real big significant shareholders besides myself, the board, and some friends. Well, I believe after today's interview, we're going to have more than 5,000 uh, shareholders. <laughs> well, that would be very good. <laughs> All right. Um, last question for you here. What did I forget to ask? Well, in any company, there's three main points in our company that people have to consider when they're going to make an investment in, into this company. Um, number one, our, our market cap is ridiculously low here. And again, every CEO will say the same thing, but I can tell you and assure you that ours is ridiculously low. Um, so that's a, a good thing to look at in our company. We're in the right space, uh, number two. Uh, graphite, I think, is bound to grow. I think we would all agree that electric cars are here to stay and that the growth in the battery industry, whether it's lithium-ion batteries for cars or in your cell phone or in your um, computer, um, there is going to be growth in that space. So we're in the right space, we're in the right time, and we can be one of the lowest cost producers in the world, which I think is also very, very critical. Number three, our infrastructure. I mean, being 50 kilometers to a port on a paved highway, I can tell you, in Africa, if you do not have access to a road, uh, excuse my language, you're screwed, okay? Because I've gone and looked at some graphite deposits in Madagascar that were 35 kilometers off that paved road. So 20 miles, can you see going 20 miles? That took us eight hours almost to go 20 miles. We had to be in a four wheel drive. You had to have a snorkel on the vehicle and my butt was so sore from bouncing off the seat, it was unbelievable. So if you do not have roads and infrastructure, and again, we're 20, sorry, 50 kilometers to a Caterpillar dealership. All the equipment and everything that we need, we can get that's right close in hand. Well, thank you for conveying that. And ladies and gentlemen, I recently had the opportunity to interview Rick Rule and Doug Casey and their number one criteria for deploying capital, it wasn't the latent material on the ground, 
it's the people. DNI Medals certainly displays the best virtues first in people and second in the latent material in the ground. Dan, if investors want to get more information about DNI Medals, please share the contact information. Yes, you can call me directly. I'll give you my cell phone. Uh, it's 416-720-0754. And you can ask anybody. Um, I will return calls, whether it's a weekend or any time. Please give me a call. If I don't answer right away, I guarantee you within 24 hours, I will get back to you. Or please send me an email. It's Dan Weir. That's D-A-N-W-E-I-R at dnimetals.com. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in the private placement, please make sure you put in the subject line when you email Dan, private placement. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com. Through Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments, we offer gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, offshore storage accounts, precious metals IRAs, and safe deposit boxes which are fully insured and secured by Brinks. The website, again, is www.provenandprobable.com. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Dan Weir of DNI Metals, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. All the best to you, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.